come into our personal lives, into the life of this faith community, into the life of our cities and our nations. In this world, we are inviting you to come and dismantle the human systems and the human kingdoms, the empires, the ways in which we have established our own ways of governing, our, our own ways of ruling, our own ways that we oppress and hurt and take advantage and, and, and the ways that we do that in our lives, we're inviting you, we're inviting your Holy Spirit to come in and to dismantle, to disrupt, to destroy those things in our lives that are not in alignment with your kingdom and your values and um, the way in which you've invited us, you've freed us, you've liberated us to live in a certain way, God. And we're inviting you to confront those areas in our lives where we are still not free, God, come and liberate us. Come, um, come, and and we we want to stop resisting, and and we want to um, we want to stop resisting and stop that fight, and we want to um, live into the kingdom life that you've called us to live in. And it's not of this world. It's not in this way. You've asked us and you've called us and you've liberated us to live in another way. And we're inviting you into our lives right now, Holy Spirit to come and shift and change and move and do those things that only you can do. So come and do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Ooh. Yeah, if you, can, if you can tell that line dismantling our empires until ev everyone is free, until each one is free, I can't remember the exact there, but um, man, I was wailing that one over at Sunnyside this week in that big sanctuary all by myself, but um, believing and praying and bringing that song into our collective so that we can, um, that can be our prayer in our heart. Um, another thing that's been on my mind just related to um, music and worship and um, um, one of the most powerful times that I've had, the, the most powerful times that I've ever had, that I've had personally um, in music and singing and, and worship um, have been when the um, there has also been a uh, a strong conviction and compelling and uh, um, connection to justice to the righteousness and the goodness that 
um, I, in those moments, beginning to like reveal to me, this is who God is and this is what he wants to release and, and do in our world. And one of those times that I um, had was here in Portland, uh, I was gathering, it was just a few of us, maybe, I want to say 50 to 75 collectively in the room, and um, there were some um, pretty well-known people um, that were um, leading in, in conversation, in music, um, in encouragement. And um, I just remember singing songs in such a new way because when I was singing about um, praise arising inside of me, it was like, do I remember who this God is and what he stands for and what he is wanting to do in our world? And singing about who he is is like partnering with him and releasing that righteousness and that goodness and that justice in the world. Um, and so I, I, I hope that as we mature and as we grow and as we go through um, this season, I hope that we're compelled and we're called, and I hope that we're moved, and I hope that we're shaken, and I hope that we become healed and whole, and there's a way in which we are tying in these words that we're singing, and that when we are praising God, we're not just doing a religious duty or not just singing words on a page, but they're connected to who God is, what he is at work doing in this world and how it is that we're invited to participate in that. And so then that music and that, that like what I love about singing too, by the way, since I'm ranting right now, I'm waiting for Paul where, where also uh, our kids are our kids. And so um, as uh, uh, one thing about singing is that it requires this breath support, right? It requires um, a more physical body experience. And, um, um, there's something powerful about using our breath and the life that we have in our bodies and loving and worshiping and acknowledging who God is. And um, right now, I am leaning heavily into the, the righteousness and the truth and the love and the goodness of God. Um, my favorite verse um, uh, uh, that... Uh, my favorite verse is um, Psalm 101, I will sing of your love and justice. And those things go hand in hand. So anyway... Um, I hope that worship um, music um, will be tied um, very in uh, deliberately and intentionally to um, the action, the justice action that we take. Um, that this stuff is all integrated. These aren't compartments. These aren't religious duties that we do. But there is a there's a song to sing when we march. There is a song to sing when we are in in our in our in our bedrooms alone, crying out to God for for uh, peace. Um, anyway, there's my rant. Okay, folks. Um, we are. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to talk today. So this is week one of. I think um, at least three weeks that we're going to spend talking about Jesus and protest. And so Paul is going to join me in a second here. He's coming on over. Um, we're going to start off today uh, by, by looking at Jesus and um, what he did and how he responded and how he invited and taught us to respond um, in moments like this, uh, what we're experiencing in our country, in our nation. Excuse me. Um, and then next week... We are going to hear from Leroy Barber. I don't know if you, I hope you follow him on Facebook and Instagram and on all the things because he's actually like all, like yesterday I saw him beginning uh, a little, uh, with Alex 
to doing a, a very a subversive, uh, peaceful, nonviolent uh, response to some neighborhood activity that's happening there. So I hope he will talk about that, and I'm sure you will see that throughout the week. But um, uh, we'll hear from Leroy, who's also um, been throughout his life um, um, uh, protesting in some very deliberate, organized, uh, mm-hmm. like collective ways, the NFL stuff. And anyway, he'll talk about that. But um, someone who has a lot of experience and um, um, has has some good things to say to our, our community right now. And then the next week, two weeks from now, we'll hear from Eka um, again, um, and he will um, give him. I've given him just the very very uh, just to talk about Jesus and protest from his point of view and his perspective, and he can take that in whatever way he wants to do that. But I'm excited because yeah. we have yeah. such amazing gifts and resources within our community and. Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear from everyone. And this is this is a this is a moment that I. I mean, I believe so. I. Yeah. I this is a moment, and I, I. I. For me personally, as a, I would identify as like an activist pastor. Yeah. And um, which is like um, a, outside of the tradition we come from, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, for anybody who has studied kind of like contemporary uh, church history, you know, through the twentieth century. Um, one of the shifts that was made, and it's actually um, post-World War II, um, because pre-World War II, much of the church, a lot of the evangelical church, the Pentecostal church, were um, churches that participated in advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the um, Charles Finney from the 1800s was um, this person that combined the, the spiritual gospel that called for the, the renewing of our souls and the repenting of sin and called for that on a societal level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was in around the, the World War II where people saw such evil in the world mm-hmm. that um, the church, at least the tradition we came from, I know they actually made a decision to say we need to leave this up to people's consciences, whether or not they were going to serve, uh, to go and fight, uh, and how to respond, how to respond, right? Rather than encouraging a whole community to just um, stay, you know, like to 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 be pacifists or to um, oppose war, right? Uh, and that set a trajectory for the evangelical church, especially the white evangelical church right. in the 20th century, um, because we didn't engage mm-hmm. uh, by and large. There were those that did, but by and large, right. white evangelicalism, community, yeah, right. we didn't right. engage right. in civil right. rights. We didn't engage in human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. we had a reduction of what the gospel meant. Yeah. And you can see this in, in um yeah all throughout that time. Yeah. And it, it's actually not true to the evangelical tradition. The evangelical tradition was an activist tradition. Mm-hmm. It was one that called out um, injustice and, and protest and, and, or, and then protested injustice mm-hmm. and worked towards mm-hmm. um, a more just world. And it didn't sit back and just say, well, you know, yeah. and to be only clear, the Lord can fix it. And to be clear, parts of evangelical evangelicalism like the latinx pieces yes. the black black evangelicals yeah, yeah. have have still That's really those important. big communities have been very no. active because it, it like again it's yeah. a, the privilege of white evangelicalism yes. yeah. that shields them blinds them binds them yeah. from engagement 
And honestly, like my critique is, it, I mean, I think it's sin. Like I think that's a, sure. it's a disobedience to the call of being a brother and sister, what it yeah. means to love neighbor and the ways in which like love your neighbor as yourself. Like how, how would we? It, it's ex- also a very wrong. old sin. It's yeah. the sin of trusting an empire um, to protect you and mm-hmm. keep you secure mm-hmm. over trusting in God. This is what Israel all throughout the Old Testament is getting critiqued for, is they're putting their trust in, uh, you know, the, the imagery is, is in horsemen and chariots, right? right? They're putting right. their trust in that, or they're putting their trust in Egypt, right? right. To protect right. them. Right. And so it's always about... Putting their trust in the empire, basically yeah. what we're doing. We're yeah. like, hey, that's strong. It's giving me this provision. Security I'm provision. going to, my mm-hmm. actual trust is in that. And I think right. that's what... But then we reinterpret God's provision through that, right? That's what is happening. Right. God's provision is through empire or, yeah. or yeah. that's... Or I'm blessed because I, mm-hmm. you know... Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole, there's a lot of problems there. Right. What I want to talk to, about today very specifically is about this, is, is protest in Jesus. Now, for those of you who follow me on any Instagram or social media, you've seen that I've been participating in um, the protests and marches and things that are happening here. Yeah. Um, I am, well, I'm, I have too. And Paul has too from supporting the protester <laughs> <laughs> by watching the children and feeding. Um, also cleaning. I came home to like a clean house and that was beautiful that's like restorative to my soul after being surrounded by so many people and like you know germs um so um yeah there are there are many ways in which we're participating but i've been personally very active and and um other people within the faith community jamie and faith and eric was out there and mandy has been out and and i know many i've seen pictures kara i think and and so i know many of you have been active and engaged and involved and um and uh I, i think that there is um there's, I think, protest. And last week when we heard from Donna and policy, I think there are two. There, there are multiple things that we need to do. There's, there's mm-hmm. um, protest. I think is most valuable, or not most valuable. Protest um, can can become really meaningful when it's also tied to organizing, organizing, yeah, right? Yeah. Community organizing, mm-hmm. ongoing. Like these are the clear demands. These are the things that we want to see, right. and the collective human push towards um, what is for good for the common good, I think is, yeah. um, and, and caring for the vulnerable. And so, so there is though, I know as I've talked with many of you, whether it's because of our own baggage that comes from maybe some of this white evangelicalism or whatever it is in our history, or maybe it's with our parents or friends or people that they're like, what good is that? Or they'll bring up, hey, you're putting your life at risk with COVID-19. Um, why, you know, like we, you know, anyway, there's so many, com- there's so much going on that feels so divisive. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard. I think uh, one thing that I, I'm like, okay, what, ultimately, like what, you know, not to be cheesy, but what would Jesus do? What sure. did Jesus do? How did he respond um, as an oppressed, a member of an oppressed people? Yeah in response to empire, in response mm-hmm. to a dominant cultural narrative and a kingdom that was not his, he came to bring about a new kind of kingdom, another mm-hmm. kind of kingdom. And so I want to talk about, because I think I think we see protest. Yeah. We see protest by Jesus. And uh, we're going to find out some subversive ways in which he acted. And, and so I want to talk about that. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime that um, there is civil unrest, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes comfortable people uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And in our country, that means it makes white people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And in our um, context or our immediate surroundings of people we've worked with over our years, it means it makes white uh, Pentecostals and evangelicals mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes there will be a calling out 
uh, for um, obedience, really, right. is what they will call for. Right, obey authority. Uh -huh. like a, yeah. a, a, yeah. Any kind of resistance mm -hmm. is kind of denounced. And, um, and I'm sure some of you have already experienced this in some of the circles that you run in, is that there will be a quoting of Romans 13. Right. Um, because it's seen as resistance to God's uh, ordained authority. And so you'll hear somebody quote this, you know, and it, and if you take scripture seriously, you got to wrestle with it. I think I, I mean, you listen to these words and you got to go, well, OK, what's that mean? Um, let every person be subject. So this is Romans uh, 13, 1. And I think all my quotes today are from the, uh, the NET, the New English Translation. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except God's, uh, except by God's appointment, and the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. We've heard this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the person who resists such authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will incur judgment. Right. So a simplistic. A uh, very literal reading of this passage would, would indicate that no matter the law that's passed or the person in authority, you're to submit to them. Right. Right. That that, that if you just read that and took that mm -hmm. and that's how it is taught sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've heard yeah, I, I absolutely. heard what I would call big voices in evangelicalism um, mm -hmm. say this in right. times of civil unrest. Mm -hmm. and, and The authority has been set by God. If yeah. you resist that authority, you're resisting God, and then you're going to be judged for that. Right, so. as if there's no context here. And right. they'll even point out that Nero, right, mm -hmm. was, was the emperor right. when Paul wrote this. Mm -hmm. But they failed to point out that Nero had not entered into his crazy phase yet. Mm. Things were relatively peaceful in the season when Paul wrote this. Mm -hmm. This is not a season when he was torturing murdering. and murdering and killing Christians and blaming them for the fire in Rome and any of that. That had not happened yet. And, and so you always got to unpack uh, this. And then you got to just use logic, right? Like, yeah, because <laughs> well, yeah. what if a government it is an atheistic government that forbids the any practice of faith. Right, right. Right? Are we to obey that? Mm -hmm, right. right? Uh, clearly, Paul's not teaching subservience to authority. To all authority, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and we always have to remember that Paul had a, a Jewish perspective mm -hmm. and kind of try to understand that and, and go back. And I loved what Craig Keener said about this particular passage. He's a commentator. He says, Judaism generally believed in submission. Now here's the caveat, which is a matter of non-resistance or non-violence, right? Oh, Not, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got to define what submission, like you're, submission does not mean obedience yeah. is what you're saying. Like a, like a, to the letter of the law, right? but could be submission in a non-resistant, non-violent, uh -huh. maybe even subversive yeah. kind and, of way. And then he says, unless it involved a conflict with obeying God's law, right? The old Testament clearly taught God's sovereignty over earthly rulers. Hmm. Right? So, and you can go into this. I don't want to expand a whole bunch on this, but my opinion is that Romans 13 shouldn't be used to quiet protest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would suggest that uh, protest is not the same thing as Paul's idea of, of resistance. Mm -hmm. When he uses this term here, this, mm -hmm. it's a Greek term, right? And it, that gets translated to, to resist, mm -hmm. right? Um, he's not, I don't think he's, I, I don't believe that he's saying don't 
speak up, don't speak against injustice. Don't, he's not, that's not the, the mindset that he comes from, right? Um, and to quote Keener again, Judaism generally believed in um, submission, which is a matter of non-resistance or non-violence. And I think that's the key here. It's not always of obedience, right? So, um, so what if the encouragement to not resist or to submit to authority didn't mean to obey, right? That's kind of what I'm trying to draw out here. Uh, this, this same word that's translated resist in Romans passage is used to quote Jesus in Matthew chapter five. Okay, okay so it's the exact same word. Mm -hmm. And literally, like if you do a wooden translation, it means stand against, mm. right? That's what that word literally means. So there's an imagery behind the word. Mm. There is a physical imagery of Right, I think standing. I remember reading like resist, like uh, even the military, like when they would fight, they would come together, they would stand against each right, other. Right, right. Right? Yeah. There's so like there, a visual. Yeah, there is this imagery. And if you look in uh, Greek lexicons, they give this as one of the um, uh, examples, right? They, you can look all throughout the Greek Old Testament, and that's how this word is used, is uh, resistance or to stand against. Mm -hmm. And it's in always, uh, not always, often in battle contexts, mm -hmm. right? So um, we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 38. It says this, You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the evildoer. Right. So Jesus, is he saying, hey, when someone comes and is, wants to attack you, gouge out your eye, you know, whatever, are you supposed to not resist them? Are you supposed to just like, go ahead, This is what is, kill me, or this is what is taught take sometimes. advantage of. Right. Is right. that, right, that's the question. Is that what, yeah. Uh -huh. And we're like, that does not sound like what Jesus would say. Right. And he's addressing, right. he's quoting, uh, the law. He's quoting right. Exodus for eye, for or Leviticus mm -hmm. here, right? So there's the way of the world that they were living in, and, and I would say mm -hmm. the way of mm -hmm. of the world, the right? Sort. Is, uh, yeah. You know, justice is mm -hmm. meet violence with violence. Mm -hmm. um, but Jesus says, do not resist or do not stand against. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, so Jesus says not to resist, like that same word as the Romans 13 passage. And um, first, it doesn't make sense with what we know about Jesus. Right. Jesus, One who was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't crucified for not resisting evil. Right, right, right. Right? He, yeah. he made a stir. The Roman government, the Jewish leaders at the yeah. time conspired to kill him. Yeah, basically the, the right. local authorities right. and the empirical authorities. Because he was resisting, mm -hmm. arguably resisting evil. Right. Right. Yeah. So what does he mean by resist or to stand against? Mm -hmm. And this is an awesome book. Anybody who is wrestling with these ideas right now, um, you, you should get this book. There's an author named Walter Wink. He was uh, a fantastic uh, biblical interpreter of the 20th century. And um, a powerful book of his is called The Powers That Be. Um, but in this book, he argues convincingly that the use of the word is prohibiting violence not prohibiting like simply resistance right so that idea of jesus saying don't stand against uh the one who brings violence against you mm. right? yeah so he's saying instead of eye for eye tooth for tooth he's saying not to pay back violence with violence yeah he's right? breaking he's saying, that cycle right um when we talk about nonviolent resistance i remember this in my PSU days, yeah. right, in studying sociology of peace and, and nonviolent resistance, yeah. right, it's that we don't want to become 
we don't want to become the people who are doing this violence against us. Yes. We want to operate in a different way, in yeah, another yeah. way, right? Yeah. And that's what we're saying. That's what Wink says suggesting. Jesus is saying here. Right? So to quote him, he says, Jesus is not telling us to submit to evil, but to refuse to oppose it on its own terms. Mm. We are not to let the opponent dictate the methods of our opposition. He is urging us to transcend both passivity and violence by finding a third way, one that is at once assertive and yet nonviolent. That sounds like Jesus. I mean, that's what I love about Wink's interpretation is he takes into account the whole person of Jesus. Um, and, and because Jesus goes on and, and teaches uh, some ideas right here that have often been just seen as passivity. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, I think yeah. many would say these, these don't make sense. Right. And, and uh, unless you're just really like your form of Christianity is just like it's mainly about being nice. <laughs> you know, yes, if yes. that's if if that's yeah. your yes. kind of Jesus your main set thing. the example of being nice. Yeah. For sure. I just go, Jesus nice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and so he goes on to list um three forms of nonviolent protest or resistance. That Jesus This is what Jesus does. Right. No, Jesus does right, this. Right, right. right? And, and and what's awesome is uh, the contextual work that Wink does to understand this. Mm -hmm. So um the, the verse goes on to say, verse forty six. But whoever strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other to him as well. Right. right. So we've heard this. It's mm -hmm. like, just give it. I, when I've heard that, it's been like, oh, if they hit you one, let them hit you another. Like, right. just don't don't stand don't against them. Don't them. resist them. Let right. them do that. Yeah. And you're, that's, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So Wink says that the gospel writer specifies the right cheek for a reason. Okay. Okay. Are you, you willing to try to help me with this? Yeah. We'll try to capture it all on here. Okay. So um, don't really hit me. Uh, <laughs> they, they wouldn't use, because of cultural reasons, they wouldn't use their uh, the left hand. The left hand. Because it was for. Dirty hand, right? Um, so that leaves the right. So uh, what he says is you've got to work this out physically. So uh -huh. hit me with your right hand um, on my right cheek, right? Cause he, Wait, he, your right cheek? That's that one? Yeah. Yeah, because okay. it says, but whoever strikes you on the right cheek, uh -huh. right? And they only use the right hand. Okay, so okay. my right hand, so wait, I want to hit your right I want right you cheek. to hit me as hard as you can. Okay. Fight Coco. Fight Coco. Yeah. Okay. So, so if I, yeah, I can't, if I want to hit you as hard the as right I can cheek. on the right cheek, I, I don't know how, right? I have to. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to backhand. That's the point, right? Right. Um, it has to be a backhand. So this is what Wink says. A backhand was not a blow to injure, but to insult. Mm -hmm. to humiliate, mm -hmm. to degrade. It was not administered to an equal, but to an inferior. Masters backhanded slaves, mm. husbands, wives, mm. parents, children, mm -hmm. Romans, Jews. The whole point of the blow was to force someone who was out of line back into place. Mm -hmm. Turn the other cheek you know, uh, the left cheek, and it's a perfect target for the right fist, right? If you turn to them yeah, the other yeah, cheek, yeah. right? It's a perfect it's powerful, target. right? But this is only equals fought with fists. Right. So the backhand is a power yeah. differential. Yeah. And and are saying, okay, no, you have to rise to be my equal. Like, we're going to see each other's yeah. equals right now, and you're going to actually, like, that yeah, sort of... Yeah, but it's not a violent reaction. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's resisting. It's go ahead. If you're going yeah. to hit me, then address me as an equal, challenging yeah. the power that is there between yes. the two individuals. Yeah, and this is what Wink says. By turning the other cheek, then the inferior is saying, I'm a human being just like you. I refuse to be humiliated any longer. I'm your equal. I am a child of God and I won't take it anymore. Hmm. Sounds yes. a lot like the cries of POC people today. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, you mentioned this before. I guess I was just thinking about how, I'm like, that was not in the notes, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? As we're reading the scripture and growing up, right. as they like turn the other cheek, it's just like, don't fight, don't resist, let them be evil. I mean, that's sort of mm -hmm. how it's taught, like, they sure. can be evil, you just take it, yeah. whatever that is, which then if you are the person in power, you use that verse to manipulate and and continue your it oppressive, right, that's the that. way, yeah. you know, um, you just take it because yeah. I, you know, and Jesus is offering a way to, he, he's saying this is how we resist that power right. hierarchy. Yeah. Right. Or they that not us directly for AC speaking to right. to an oppressed people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So verse 40, we got to Let's move this along because I want to get into it. Okay. And if someone uh, wants to sue you and take your tunic, give them your coat also. So it was in uh, Jewish law. They couldn't keep your coat overnight. Um, they, they could sue you for it, uh, but they um, they couldn't keep it. Right. Uh, and so they always had to give them back the coat. So the, to keep them warm at night. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, That's yeah. Because you didn't cool. have like. Yeah, coat's probably a bad word because you don't, it's not like a parka, you know, it's more <laughs> like a cloak. Like it was, mm -hmm. like you like said, a blanket you saw, or, mm -hmm. yeah, what you you'd wrap saying. around you, right? right? And so you got to remember the context too, right? The empire is squeezing the rich and the powerful. Mm -hmm. So the rich are squeezing the poor. Mm -hmm. And the best place for them to hide wealth from taxation was land. But lands were passed down from ancestors. Mm -hmm. So the wealthy charged exorbitant interest, 25 up to 250%, um, and drove landowners deeper into debt. Uh, and debt coupled with the high taxation created economic leverage to pry Galilean peasants loose from their land. Mm. Right? That, so, that is not new. So, right, this kind of manipulating yeah. of the law, this kind of use of those who are in power to yeah. take advantage of the people who that didn't have, yeah. that, I mean, that is not new. That yeah. is actually the system, the kingdom of this world right. operates in that structure and in that way. Yeah. So if you've had everything taken from you, you still owe a debt. Mm -hmm. um, all that is left is to sue for the clothes on their back. Mm -hmm. And so the rich would do this. So why does Jesus say to give them your coat too? Mm -hmm. The short answer is to shame them. Right. In, in this culture, it was more shameful to the person viewing a naked person mm -hmm. than it was to the naked person. Sure, because you made this happen. You Well, right, that's what he's right? doing here with right. this action right. is that you imagine a scene of being in court. Um, the, the decision comes down. You have to give them your tunic, your undergarment, mm -hmm. and you're left with just your coat. But he says, take the coat. And he says it is an yeah. action of saying, you know what? You've taken everything from mm -hmm. me. Then what are you going to take next? Just my my body. This is all that's left of me, mm -hmm. and it shames not only the the um, the, the oppressor, the, the oppressor but the whole system. Yeah. The whole system is laid bare mm -hmm. as being completely unjust, mm -hmm. and and it and it, it 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 is about shaming that entire thing and calling it out for what it is that it is inhumane. Mm 
Because that's an inhumane action right, to right. strip someone to nudity, right. Right? right? In that culture, that is that is what uh, criminals did, right? right? So it is exposing somebody who is acting pious, saying, I'm just going by the law. Right. It's just the law. Right. You agreed to this percentage. You you know, there's... there's just so I, happened. It just happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's showing them for the criminal, the economic, the financial criminal that they really are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a powerful image. It is powerful. Yeah. Um, it reminded me, when we were, Paul and I were talking about this particular example, it reminded me of the ways in which actually that kind of shaming has, is used in, in mm. modern, in our mm -hmm. in our current context. And so um, there's an a, a activist, a Liberian activist, uh, Lema Goibwe. If you've never um, heard of her, look her up. She is inspiring and fantastic. She she actually had actually, so she had a, she had a dream one night that God said, gather the women and, mm. and, and pray for peace. Mm. That was her, she had a dream. And um, so anyway, she ended up uh, being uh, one of, I think she, she's won some uh, peace prizes and, and, and recognized for her peace work yeah. and um, um, trauma-informed work with uh, a war-torn areas of Africa. So she, so she would do, she did a lot, a lot of different kinds of protests. So she did, she called women to sex strikes. And she was like, hey, dudes, you're not getting any until you stop this warring. This that warring is killing us. Yeah, so she said she she said that it actually didn't she's like, I'm not sure how much it actually impacted or, or what the impact was, but it did bring attention, right? It brought this attention to yeah. her work and what she's doing. So um she so the consequence of that particular action was that they ended up having a rally in a field of like two thousand women coming yeah. together. Yeah. Two thousand women who, by the way, experiencing um being being victims of trauma because mm -hmm. of war, because of patriarchy that's in their system, like all this. But these women coming together to to advocate and pray for peace, and she actually did a lot of work among Christian and Muslims. She brought both of those those women because they're all impacted, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the systems of this world are they, they hit everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. So so um so one of the things that they did there, um, she had done work in Ghana. There was because of the warring that had been happening in the area. Ghana was a location where um, the leaders from the different factions were coming together to work on a peace plan. And so they were working at this hotel. And so over two months, these leaders are coming together to put together a peace plan. Mm. And um, the women are like, yeah, I don't think they're actually like they're meeting in a hotel. They're eating mm. great food. She's like, I don't think they're actually committed because they're not experiencing what is happening right, right. because of the war. Yeah. And so Lima organized, brought hundreds of women to that hotel, filled up the lobby, filled up the hallway mm. where they were meeting. And she started working with the lead mediator yeah. who was trying yeah, to yeah. create the peace agreement. And so they at some they get there, they're linking arms, they're like, We will not let you out of this room until you come up with a peace agreement. Yeah. So then the men come out and they're like, Oh, excuse, you know, trying to move them out of the way. And the women, Lama says, they had all agreed. They're like, if you do if you leave this, we are taking our clothes off. Mm. Because in Africa, like it, for it's their the culture, kind of culture, it's the same thing in their culture, it was more shameful yeah. for them to see married women, elderly women yeah. burying themselves yeah. than it was for them to be like they weren't ashamed. It's right. shame on you, yeah, right? Yeah. And so at, um, that same kind of uh, sort of this, this nonviolent resistance that's calling to account, like holding up the mirror yeah. saying, do you see who you are right yes. now? 
we yeah, we point out the same thing. A similar thing happened in South Africa during mm -hmm. apartheid times. He was mm -hmm. very active in those protests and active going to South Africa and advocating mm -hmm. uh, against uh, apartheid. Mm -hmm. And that there, the government was coming in and they were going to bulldoze these uh, shacks that mm -hmm. people lived in. Mm -hmm. And the women defending their homes, they they came and they gave them like ten minutes. Grab everything you can. Get out. We're bulldozing this. Yeah. And the women got together and said, you know what? If, if you're going to take this, you might as well take everything. And they did strip naked. And he said that the um, kind of puritanical uh, tradition of, of the white South Africans kicked in. And the police literally ran from these naked women who said, it, it, you, you've taken everything? Okay. Yeah. And it shamed them. Yeah. And they literally ran away. Hmm. And, and that's, I think yeah. that's what Jesus is is saying here. Yeah. He's not just saying, well, they beat just you, get on there, just roll over. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no. And, and so the, the, the third um, act of protest that Jesus uh, teaches, because we always got to keep this in context. This is an oppressed people, mm -hmm. right? And so this is the, the third action he gives them. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too, right? And this has been used yeah. to just teach like, Hey, be a nice guy. Somebody, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody asks you to help with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like kill them with kindness. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right? Like, oh, you want me to do one? Yeah. I'll do two. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, and not even necessarily kill them with kindness, but <laughs> like it, I've heard this quoted just to be like, this is a good practice. Hmm. If a friend asks you for $5, give them 10 you know, sure, like there's sure, a friend, sure. you know, ask you for an hour of help with yeah. something, give them two hours, right? Yeah. Like it's just this kind of, again, this kindness interpretation of things. Oh, this sure. was specific. This comes out of like the, the code of military justice of the Roman Empire, the Roman army at this time. Mm -hmm. It was legal. This is how um, these massive armies moved is mm -hmm. the, um, the higher ups would hire donkeys and stuff like that to carry large amounts of gear. But each individual soldier had their own, uh, what they call kit and caboodle, right? Is there mm -hmm. about 85 pounds of gear? What is that in Greek? Kit and caboodle. <laughs> okay. But they had, they, they had their 85 pounds of gear and they could legally force any person in, in the empire uh, to carry their gear for up to a mile. And so there are stories of whole villages fleeing um, uh, moving armies, not because of fear of destruction, a fear of being forced to, into mm. a day of labor, mm. right? And so that's what Jesus is referencing here. Okay, so they were required to carry the gear for a mile, but uh -huh. only one mile. Only one mile. Right? So right? that's so the there thing. was a rule on right. you, can only carry, only, you can only do that for one mile. Yeah, and, and so Jesus says, if anyone forces you to go a mile, go with them too. Um, because, and, and like you said, it was a it was a part of their military code uh, and it was enforced by the centurions. Mm -hmm. And so they did. You would get in trouble. Yeah, and it could you, be severe if, you if they had an infraction. Right. So what Jesus does, once again, he gives the oppressed uh, opportunity to take the initiative. Right. Because now you've got this scenario mm -hmm. where the Jewish person, the oppressed Jewish person, gets to the mile marker mm -hmm. and goes, no, I'll take it another mile. Mm -hmm. And it puts the oppressor. Yeah. the soldier into this mindset of like, what is happening yeah. if my centurion right. finds out? No, 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 out, I'll take that back. I, Give that back to me. Yeah. I'll take that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it can even become kind of a comical scene of this Jewish person just happily marching down the road with their gear and this big Roman soldier with his weapons running along being like, no, give me back my stuff. And the and you flipped the power structure all of a sudden. And I'll just finish with this quote from Wink. He says, Jesus does not encourage Jews to walk a second mile in order to build up merit in heaven or to be pious or to kill a soldier with kindness. Oh, <laughs> you, so he's yeah. That. yeah. He is helping an oppressed people find a way to protest, a way to protest and neutralize an onerous practice despised throughout the empire. He is not giving a non-political message of spiritual uh, of spiritual world transcendence. Right. He is formulating a worldly spirituality in which people at the bottom of society or under the thumb of imperial power learn mm. to recover their humanity. Oh, man, the recovering of humanity, mm. dignity. Yeah. Right? How to, right. And, and, yeah, I mean, and how different all these is it to read this dignity. passage that oh, way? Oh, my word. Yeah, it is yeah. so different. And it, it takes so much. Actually, my mind is still like trying sure. to catch up to the details of that. Also, I wish that it was like, in our context, I'm like, yeah. well, what's the tweetable thing? Like, I want that short answer. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's actually nuanced. And there's this, right, a whole cultural right. context that this is And, and these from. particular right. actions, this is what Jesus was saying to them in that day, the things that was going on. Right. It, Wink points out that they could change policies. Right. And, and Take these, the but, policy and, and say what is, yeah. And, well, and these wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, these acts of protest wouldn't work if the... Uh, folks in power changes policies so you have to shift mm. but the idea is the same is how do you regain your humanity how do you shame uh, the, mm. the the powers system, that yeah. be mm. you know mm. yeah that's powerful <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, you showed me a, a Instagram video of the guy with the little trumpet. Oh yeah, have you seen that? That <laughs> is an act of resistance. The one where the police are walking by. They're in their right gear. They're in their right gear, and then the guy pulls out the trumpet and, he's, and he starts playing. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> like the what is that? The the empires. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the dark March Vader, or whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was like, that is so awesome but i think Another, that's similar yeah to what's going on here don't fight don't don't be violent mm -hmm. don't don't and because you right, just like, be crushed right right and, right right you know? and when you are the one with less power in yeah. those scenarios if you're if you're if the guy's standing there with a trumpet the other yeah. guy has like um, full riot totally gear and weapons yeah. okay yeah. who's gonna win that fight right right but active resistance yeah. and um, and the uh, you know the other th act of resistance that I loved this week that I I can't I just want to share it a million times because it's so inspiring to me yeah. was is the Black Lives Matter in yellow mm, on the road in Washington, Washington. D.C. Yeah. Um, using that yellow highway that's like the yellow highway paint like you right. cannot miss that that's yeah. like a statement yeah. and not only is that um, that statement on the on the street like it was what I love is like it was a way in which. Um, people who still have power, a certain amount of power in the structure, right? Because it's the the mayor of DC, yeah. like all of the people that are involved in actually executing that mm -hmm. that that event. And so they start they started painting it. And then I was reading as people were running by, as they were um, uh, they were like, oh, we can participate. And they start picking up, yeah, you know, the yeah. painting materials so it becomes and a, because, yes, yeah. a community resistance. And then, right? It's not. And it's, it's like the powers that are there, that have some power, the people, this collective response, mm -hmm. mean that they even, they literally change the name of the street. Like they put up a new street sign. Yeah. I mean, that is an example to me of this sort of not about, like we're gonna resist. Yeah. And, then, and it's, it's, a, it's such a strong, strong 
um, statement. Yeah. Um, and that is, and, and, and hope, and I think that even this moment we're seeing, we are seeing resistance. And when mm -hmm. I was at the, um, um, at the rally the other night at the water waterfront. And, um, so they were having us chant, you know, um, uh, peaceful protests. So we were chanting that. Yeah, yeah. And then someone, uh, there was a kind of a corrective that came from one of the professors at Portland state. And she was like, cause we were chanting no justice, no peace. And she's like, well, if we don't have justice yet, how can we have peace? Yeah. So are we having a peaceful and she, so we changed the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the mantra, the chant to, um, nonviolent protest, yeah, right? Yeah. Nonviolent resistance. That became the new chant. Yeah. And and I think that's powerful. And I think that's um, what Jesus did. I think, that's I think what it's what got Jesus killed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, you know? It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't building an army. He wasn't no. trying to overthrow in the way in which in a militarized, right. he was confronting that the yeah. powers that be yeah. and the shaming that, yes. right? That's what the Bible says that he like, that's what Paul writes. He's like exposing it for there's what no, it was. Yeah. There's no, yeah. End. I mean, when you call somebody a viper, that's a pretty shameful thing. Right? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he's the, the empty whitewashed tombs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, we, so name calling is up there, I guess, uh, is what we're saying. No? <laughs> I don't advocate it, but I'm not going to denounce Jesus for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Like he, I mean, he, to the oppressors, the, the oldest in power, he's calling this. And you see my whiteness come out when I go, I'm not going to advocate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, do it. I've got, <laughs> enough, I've got enough of that in me from just being raised in this stuff yeah. that I still am like, well, I think Jesus was probably nice. Like, I still, <laughs> right? Like, he was doing this in a night. Yeah, I think that that's so hard to imagine. Like, oh, well, you guys are, you know, a den of vipers. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, so, I mean, but that's how powerful that side of culture is, is to force us to read Jesus in this way that is, is not true to who he was and not doesn't give credit to the the change that he brought about and the reaction of those in power. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. offended yeah. those in power to the degree that they, they wanted him yeah. dead yeah. and they accomplished yeah. bringing together local uh, civil and religious authorities and empirical authorities mm -hmm. and they coordinated mm -hmm. to have him murdered. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. So Jesus is inviting us to in, in he, we are invited into a resistance. We're invited yeah. into protest. We are invited to confront the systems that oppress and I mean, Jesus came to set the oppressed free. Yeah. That's but what we're he came to do. Commanded to and do it nonviolently. Because yes. that's the command language is here: yeah. is do not stand against. Right. Do not violently Violent. stand against. Violence. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, there's there's some good stuff to wrestle with just in in, in that. Um, we're gonna bring in. I want to bring in Mandy right now. Um, Mandy has um, been. I wanted to just ask her and uh, some questions about. Um, and hear from her about her experience in participating in the protests and get those bangs, get those good bangs, um, and in the uh, protests that have been happening around Portland. Like what, I want to, yeah, how, what compelled you? And then tell me about what that experience was like for you. Yeah, um, I just started on, on Friday just because uh, work and I have a, uh, furlough days on Fridays now and um, was just like, how can I dedicate that time to uh, be intentional? Uh, I was listening to some, uh, a lot of POC groups that are talking to each other and uh, 
someone had a really good thing to say, if, if you want to be an ally, you need to sort of remember it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. And so be intentional about the time and energy that you put into things, have time for rest. And so um, when my work cut down some hours, I was like, how can I turn this into a good thing? And how can I use this time intentionally on Fridays? And, and, um, and so Friday was my, my first. Um, and yeah, and I think in, in terms of trying to see this lens as trying to see through the lens as a Christian, but also trying to dismantle and unlearn some of the things I had learned in church and being frustrated as to why is the church so silent? What's the history behind that? Why, when people say Jesus, Jim Caviezel still pops up in my head. Like <laughs> I need to unlearn this white Jesus. And when you see Jesus as a person of color who, in an oppressed system, and when you start reading scripture in that way, you do see this resistance that you guys are talking about. And um, Jesus was at, at the temple flipping tables, causing a ruckus. And I, I don't know what you call that in modern days other than protest and resistance. And so yeah, there uh, are whips involved. Like I, I kind of forgot, like it is, it becomes this whitewashed nicety kind of thing. Like he just turned over a few tables and was like, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, he made a mess. And so, um, and so as I'm learning through scripture and trying just to listen to the black community as well, um, I, I feel like there's some head knowledge that I'm seeking, but also when you take the time to listen, you, you start to grow in heart knowledge. And it's not just, you can throw facts at people, but if they're not taking the time to listen to stories and hear what people are feeling, uh, it's not going to move in your heart. And so um, I, I guess I, I can't really articulate a really good reason as to why I went Friday. Um, I, I grew up in a in sort of a, a way of thinking of like protesters are just dramatic. They're inconveniencing people. Um, it's just all this sort of stuff. And so in the past, I would sort of try to reason my way. Why is this okay? Why is this not okay? But at this time in this moment, um, I don't think I had like a, a clear logic. It was just, I was like, I'm here now and <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And, and so I was a part of a smaller one that was actually led by um, indigenous leaders and they did some um, healing dances and prayers and um, showing their solidarity. And right now I, I think it's very, very important, especially um, just talking to the POC folks um, to to know the the right language during this time to know to listen um, a really good term to know is intersectionality uh, we don't all experience everything the same so I can't go and say like I know what black people are feeling because I'm a person of color I still need to know to listen even in my Latino community um, I'm lighter skinned, I'm educated, my experience isn't the same there. And so I think there still needs to be humility and solidarity um, in lifting up black voices right now. And, and um, so just trying to be mindful of that as well. And so, yeah, 
So um, Friday was just really great to be a part of that and to just see a different side of what the news is choosing to report. There are a lot of uh, things happening, but the majority of it was just peaceful. It was overwhelming to see people and servants there giving out water, giving out food. I remember I was so exhausted at one point and then this van, like these people came with all these pizzas and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. And so um, people uh, with like first aid tents and stuff. And so there's so much love and um, serving going on at this time and a lot of solidarity. And so just wanting to see more of that and, um, and artwork just everywhere was just really also beautiful to see. And so just encouraging people to, to go where the spirit is leading you to go. And, but also know that um, the church is like a body and there's different parts. And I think sometimes uh, you need to know where God is positioning, positioning you in. Um, we always say like the hands and feet of Jesus, but there's also the eyes who can see the injustices, hear, listen, um, feel it in your gut, and there's different things that you can be doing. And so, um, I, I had a, a a really good talk with a friend yesterday, and she's pregnant, and she's uh, gonna have her baby next month, and she's like, "Should I go out to the protest?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> please don't like know what part of the body you are in, in your time and context right now. Mm -hmm. So that's another piece of advice I would give to people. Yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned, we were talking just briefly earlier and um, you know, when, when I was going out, I connected with Jamie and I was like, Jamie, what are you going to do? And just finding someone else to go with, to be like a, in, you know, you referred to it as the buddy system. Mm -hmm. Like what, um, that did you go with somebody? Were you with other people or how did you enter into that space? And what would you, yeah. What are some of your thoughts about that? Yeah. Since this was my first real uh, thing, I, I just sort of Googled like, what are best protest practices? Yeah. And so I did go with them. Like, yeah. I wrote my brother and sister-in-law's name on one arm and then the other, mm -hmm. um, like, their, their name, their number, the contact information. Cause like nowadays, like I don't know everyone's phone number just by memory. Right. It's just like, you just tell Siri to call your brother. And <laughs> so I wrote down Siri, help me. So I, I wrote down contact information on my arm. I let people know where I was going. I went with someone and uh, checked in with people just so that they knew where I was and um, took more than one mask, took an umbrella. Um, I, I definitely learned my sign was way too big and became a bit of a burden. So I'm, I'm downsizing and- Lessons learned. Working. Yeah, I had a thought- that thing the whole way, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, definitely don't go by yourself. Um, have a buddy, coordinate with people. If you know other people are, wanting to do that, try to create a buddy system and uh, let people know. Uh, I have uh, my brother and sister-in-law live in, in the area. And so I knew worst case scenario, I could um, yeah. go crash at their place. So like have a game plan and also tr 
try to go with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that, uh, yeah, I, lo I really appreciate what you were saying about the different ways that we can participate and supporting and, and Paul was drawing that out early in our discussion because he, he was home, you know, we we're like, who should go or, you know, who, how do we want to do this? And there are different ways that we can support one another in whatever ways that we are participating in, in the, yeah. in the work. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, um, yeah, that's really, that's really good. Any, any other thoughts or anything else you would want to Yeah, um, I think it's, I, I really love that the Groves is taking some time to talk about this and give context and um, also just knowing when to, uh, to take the time to educate. I think it's important uh, for people to take the time to educate about these things with the proper context and knowledge um, and to our white peers, um, now is the time to have these conversations and educate the people around you. I think a lot of POC are not in the mood right now to explain and uh, Google's your friend. If you have a question and someone is posting how they feel on Facebook, don't ask how you can help when you could just Google it or uh, find someone, find people who are intentionally saying that they're willing to educate or find the the groups that are doing those things. The Groves has, uh, you guys have that affinity group. Mm -hmm. So find things that are intentionally doing that and um, definitely take it upon yourself uh, to initiate those conversations to make that one less thing that our African-American brothers and sisters uh, have to do. It shouldn't be their full-time job uh, when, when right. they're doing those things. Right. right, right. I hear the same thing, Mandy. Um, from my, my black uh, peers and people who have been doing this work for such a long time, it's, it's, it's exa it is exhausting and, um, and, and, and they are still in the work. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're, they're asked to do the work, to explain it and to educate and then to encourage as, every, as they're getting it, you know, and it's like, that's not their, that's not their job. Yeah. And so you're, yeah, yeah, the, the responsibility and the ownership taking that on because yeah I mean white people know how to study right like yeah. research like that's not a <laughs> some <laughs> yeah well ask Siri to ask look something up for you um you can do that as well so yeah yeah that's great that's great thank you Mandy thanks for sharing your experience appreciate that yeah um um well, I'm, I am really looking forward to the next uh, couple of weeks um, hearing from Leroy Barber next week, hearing from, I want to say Dr. Eka, because I will, uh, I, I, I need to ask Eka about how to pronounce your last name correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so my, ooh, But sorry. you guys, what yeah. gifts we have in our little community. I mean, my gosh, yeah. I hope you guys appreciate that. Yeah. Like uh, to have these families mm -hmm. that have chosen to uh, do life with us and mm -hmm. to share their gifts uh, mm -hmm. with us. And to speak truth in love. I yeah. mean, that's what's going on right now. Oh, my and goodness. and um, whether, you know, just just so you know, on a, on a personal level for Paul and I, just, I mean, Leroy and Donna have invested so much time yeah. and energy yeah. and words and like giving, you know, um, and I mean, for personally, just experiencing so much encouragement, challenge, encouragement, all yeah. of that stuff, and and developing me as a leader in yeah. this faith community, and then, um, and then um, Eka's like, like book recommendations, conversations that we yeah. had, like just 
Um, I love the heart of pastor and yes, academic scholar. and yeah. all of that that's oh wrapped gosh. up in that. So yeah. it's just been a real encouragement to us and I know an encouragement to our body. And so, yeah, yeah. just real, a lot of thanks to them. I want to close out our time um, with um, just a song as we normally do to start to ground us again and bring us um, uh, uh, back in uh, um, reminding us of why we gather and why we're here and, and just, Kind of like what I was saying at the beginning, I really want our worship to, um, when when I am singing, you know, this we're going to sing um, a song, Let Praises Rise. If you want to Google that, Let Praises Rise, um, we're going to sing that worship song. And it, and it, in some ways, it's a general worship song. And, and yet, for me, as I'm singing these songs, there's a newness and a freshness that comes from, let praises rise from the inside, from the inside of me. May you delight in the inside. Come fill my life from the inside. Set me on fire from the inside. And it's this inner work and this inner life, this inner abundance, this the breath that gives me life, like that rising up from the inside. And the, the words of the chorus, all I want is for you to be glorified, you to be lifted high. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean that there's just thousands of people raising the singing a song. It means that God and his kingdom, his righteousness, his goodness, the 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 rightness of God and who he is would be magnified, would be you know, in existence that this kingdom of God, the already not yet, that we would have those experiences and, and see um, that life coming to be in this world, in this moment, in our time. Um, so anyway. Um, that's the song that I want to close with, and I just want you to hear that this is not just so that we can sing and raise our hands in like a, a religious experience, but that it is inviting God <laughs> to come and live and be alive in our lives, and that that would be lived out, expressed, like magnified. Um, in our world. So that's where this song comes from this morning, Let Praises Rise. Bye. 